welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Uh, let's get into our, our word today. We're going to continue this series, and I just want to thank Pastor JC because I was ready to end, and he's like, no, you can't end it. We got to keep going, right? And, uh, and, and, you know, God puts the right people. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. And, and Pastor JC has been one of those guys that has, has come to sharpen me. And we sharpen each other. We have amazing conversations and, and other people in there. And we're, we're learning a lot. Like, like this, this, this is fresh manna, right? This is fresh manna that we are we're getting fresh downloads every, every day. And, uh, and so we are going to talk about kingdom ambassadors, right? So we've been talking about the kingdom identity. And like I said, and, and, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I'm not trying to act, exaggerate. This is the most profound, powerful, most prophetic sermon series that I have ever, ever preached. And, and you know, it, it, to me, I think when, when we, we, we have that shift in, in mindset, that shift in understanding. When we begin to see ourselves the way that, that God created us, right? And, you know, one of the things that I was sharing with the prison inmates, if you didn't know, Pastor JC and I, every week we have the privilege and the honor to minister to inmates at the Maverick County Jail every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And, you know, I, I had the, the, the honor and, and I shared with them and how there is no way a perfect God can make anything that's not perfect, right? There is no way, it can, imagine, it's, it's, in, it's mathematically impossible for a perfect God to make anything imperfect, right? And, and so the enemy comes and he disrupts our destiny by imposing a false identity. Man, that's pretty good. The enemy disrupts our destiny by imposing a false identity, right? It, getting us to, to not see ourselves the way that God created. Just that one statement alone should, should cause a paradigm shift in your self-confidence, in your self-awareness. How can a perfect God make anything that's imperfect. It, it, it just can't happen, right? So God made you perfectly, but the enemy comes to disrupt your destiny by imposing a false identity. And, 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 and the, devil, the devil is ugly, but he's not dumb, right? He, he is subtle. And, and honestly, we're going to be biblical. He's not ugly. Like the Bible says he was the most beautiful angel ever created, right? So what makes him ugly is his attitude, his, his, his schemes, right? And, and so he, he came in, and, and what he did is he obfuscated our kingdom identity through a religious spirit and a religious system, right? He, 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 he confused our kingdom identity through a religious system. He, he was subtle. He, 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 we, we, Pastor JC talks about all the time that even some of our worship songs are beggar mentality songs, right? And, and, and when we understand that we are who we are as, as kingdom sons and daughters, right? That we are kingdom citizens, that we are, that we are kingdom kings and priests, that should cause a paradigm shift, right? That's pretty good. In our lives. 
This should cause us to be better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better mothers, better, better sons and daughters, right? It, it, that, that should provoke purpose in us when we truly understand who we are, right? So we talked about our kingdom identity, right? And through this religious spirit, we, we have become beggars, right? We have, we, we have become uh, uh, with this mindset, oh, we're just not worthy, and we're not worthy, and we're not worthy. And you're right, in and of ourselves, we're not worthy, right? But when you realize that the King of kings and the Lord of lords made you and formed you and, and fashioned you, and he called you a son and daughter, right? Can you imagine the prince of Jordan coming into his father's house? I'm just not worthy to be here. He comes in like he owns the place. Why? Because he owns the place, right? So, so this kingdom identity, who we are in Christ should provoke purpose in us and, and should release us back into our, our, our destiny. And, and, and so what the enemy did through his, his subtle strategies and tactics, he brought in a, a religious spirit and obfuscated who we are in Christ, right? And, and so when, when we look at, at the reason why Jesus came, Jesus came to restore our place and authority here on the earth. How do I know that? Because he told us, Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save, what? The lost. Oh, no, that's not what it says, right? What does it say? But a lot of people say that. They say that the Son, even, even the New Living Translation, which is a paraphrased version, which I often use, got it completely wrong. It doesn't say that he came to seek and to save the lost, right? See, if you understand when we read it that way, it, it automatically causes that, that poor in spirit beggar mentality, right? And, and that's not who we are in Christ. But it says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Save in the Greek means to restore. It, it, it means to, to restore. So when we look at the reason that Jesus came, Jesus came to restore our position. He came to, to restore our place. And he came to restore our purpose. He came to disrupt a religious system that had robbed the God's people of their place, of their position, and of their purpose. And so when one of, one of the, 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 the points of confusion that the enemy used is what we call church. Now, I, I know today, and I'm not trying to talk bad about the church. What I'm saying is that the church has not understood the church, right? So when we go to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 16 and 18, verse 19, you know, look at what Jesus tells Peter. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will for, be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven, right? But what you've got to understand that right before this, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter, and he says, he, he says who do people say that I am, right? And, and, and Peter says, some say that you're a prophet, you're a teacher, you're a rabbi. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I want to know who do you say I am, right? And he says, you are 
the Christ, the son of the living God. And he tells them that, that, spirit, that flesh and blood did not reveal that, but it was the spirit of God. And then he goes on to, to say what we just read. He says, I'm telling you, Peter, that upon this rock, I will build my church. That word church in the Greek comes, is the Greek word ecclesia. Ecclesia. And, and he's not talking about a temple and he's not talking about a place of worship, right? Do you, do you see how, how we've gotten it all wrong? He's not talking about the temple. Every time Jesus referred to a place of worship, he called it the synagogue or he called it the temple. He never called it the ecclesia. Why? Because the ecclesia was not a religious term. It was a governmental term. We've already covered it, right? That the ecclesia was the Greek name for the Roman Senate. It was like what we know today as, as our congressmen, the, the House of Representatives, right? But because we live in a democratic republic, our representatives are supposed to be there to represent us, right? But in the Roman Empire, in the Roman government, the ecclesia was not there to represent the people. The ecclesia was there to represent the king. Are you with me? So, so he is telling Peter that upon this rock, I am going to build my ecclesia. In other words, is that I am establishing a body of ambassadors that are going to represent me, my will and my word here on the earth. He's not talking about a physical place of worship. He's not talking about a place where we would we would gather. And, 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 and don't get me wrong, we need to come together, right? The, the ecclesia comes together and, 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 and they, they talk about the will of the king. They talk about the word of the king, right? And, and so he, he tells them that he gives this, this governmental commission, right? And then he says... I'm commissioning you, but I'm giving you authority. And then that's when he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So I'm commissioning you to represent me here on the earth. I'm, I, I've got to go. I've got to go back to my throne. I've got to go back to, to my place. But I'm commissioning you as, as the ecclesia, as the body, the governing body that is here to represent me and to establish my will in order. And now I'm giving you keys, right? What do keys represent? What? Welcome to Access Church. This is the foundation of who we are and why we are. Because the religious system has caused you to be dependent on the leadership. There's a lot of pastors that need to be needed. So if they can keep you ignorant, if they can keep you impotent, then they call it job security. And that's not how it's supposed to be. When you look at Ephesians 4.11, these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He says, I want you to equip the saints. In other words, the keys that I've given you, I, I want you to become a key reproducing machine and begin to distribute keys so that everyone in the ecclesia 
has the same level of access. And, 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 and here's the thing. The problem is, and especially with the Latino community, we are predisposed to sensationalism. And I learned something. I don't need to go after a word from God. I don't. If prophet so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, prophet so I don't need to travel to San Angelo. I don't need to travel to San Antonio. Because what I see in scripture that when God has a word for me, he sends a prophet to me. Yes. And, you, and, and, and you're talking to two people that operate in the prophetic office. But, and, and because that we know, we see that when we go and people come to get a word. But what, what I see in scripture is that that. That whatever that prophet had, you don't need to hear it from me. You have the key that can unlock and God can talk to you directly. I don't need to go to a Benny Hand crusade. I don't need to go to a Cash Luna crusade to get my healing. Why? Because I have the same level of access. Whatever they can do, you can do. Yes, you can call me to pray for you, but I got news for you. You can lay your hands on the sick, and you can pray. But pastors don't like, and that's why the Pharisees didn't like Jesus, because the Pharisees love to be loved, and they love need to be needed. And when Jesus started handing out keys to the kingdom, they're like, whoa, hey, slow your roll, Jesus. Then we're not going to have a job. Nobody's going to reverence us. Nobody's going to. And Jesus is like, wait a minute. Upon this rock, I'm going to give you the access to the government of God that whatever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth. What are you talking about? He's talking about authority right and, and then look at what he says in matthew 28 18 and 18 through 20 right and, and and so this is at the end of the book like the the last instructions before he descends, he ascends back to his throne he says jesus came and told his disciples i have been given all authority in heaven and on earth does it say he has been given some authority all authority, right? And look at what he says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be assured of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's telling me, like, I I'm giving you the authority. Why? Because it's mine to give. I can distribute this to you, right? It, 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 makes, it, it makes a difference. It's like when, when an officer, a law enforcement officer, gets commissioned by the county or, or by the, the, the federal government, the state government, or the city government, right? They are giving authority. Why? Because the authority is theirs. And so what Jesus is saying is that I can give you authority because all the authority on the earth and in heaven belongs to me. And that has to shift our understanding and our mindset. We are the ecclesia. He says, I've got the keys. What are keys? Keys represent access. What does access represent? Authority. So Jesus is saying, is that I'm leaving here, but I'm not leaving you here alone. I'm leaving you here with my authority. 
How many of you grew up with brothers and sisters in the home? How many have an older brother, older sister? I saw a meme just the other day where it says, why is it that the oldest daughter always thinks they're the house manager? And that resonated with me and my older sister. Right? And mom and dad would leave. They would leave the oldest one with the instructions. And they would make all the younger ones fall into line. Why? Because mommy told me so. Or daddy told me so, right? They weren't tentative with that borrowed authority. You have to do what I say because mom and dad who are authority told me I'm in charge, right? Right? I'm the boss. When they're not here, I'm in charge, right? Well, I've got news for you. Jesus isn't here, but he left you in charge. Right? So he says, I got the keys. I'm giving you access. I'm giving you authority. But the first thing that he does when Jesus comes, remember we said he began to say, he began to preach repent, which means to change your mindset, change your mentality. And I could just imagine when Jesus shows up and he sees this religious system that has caused a lack of kingdom identity in the people of God. They, they, They had strayed so far away from it, even though they had been thousands of years removed from slavery they still had a slave mentality isn't it crazy how you can be so far removed from slavery and still think like a slave so here's a moment of transparency I grew up I was born in El Paso at the age of six I moved to Saginaw Michigan and talk about culture shock in El Paso Texas there were four white kids in the whole school, right? They were the minority. We were the majority. I go to Saginaw, Michigan. There were four Latino Hispanics in the whole school, me and my sister, another brother and sister. Like, they had things on the menu at school that I'd never even heard of. Like, I'm like, what the heck is goulash? And... Isleta Elementary in El Paso, Texas, enchiladas, burritos, tacos. I knew what that was, right? But goulash, I remember thinking like, and the kids were getting all excited, and I was like, yeah, but I didn't know what it was. Crazy thing, like, it, it was amazing culture shock. Then from there, we moved to Rochelle, Illinois, which was a farming community which attracted a lot of migrant workers from, from Texas and Mexico. And, and, and so here I was. I, I was Latino, Hispanic, not Mexican, but from Latino heritage. And I didn't fit in with the white kids, and I didn't fit in with the Mexican kids. And because I did good in school and I played sports, the Mexican kids said, well, you just try to be white. I'm like, what? I was like, what do you mean? I'm, yeah, you're just trying to be white. I said, no, I'm trying not to get my butt whooped when I get home. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to save a brother's life. Right? But, and, and I learned something, that these kids are so far removed from the caste system that the Spaniards imposed in Latin America thousands of years ago, and they're still thinking like slaves. Here in the most amazing land of opportunity. And they're still thinking like they're slaves under the conquistadores in Spain. 
that's what was happening here. And Jesus shows up, wait a minute, I, I've got to change your mindset. You, you, you've got to think differently. So the first thing he does is he begins to re reaffirm your identity. Why? Because without identity, you lack authority. So when he begins to show up, he begins to tell you who you are, right? Why, why is that so important? Look at what, what the, the wisest man who ever lived on the face of the earth wrote, Proverbs 23, 7. He says, for as he thinks within himself, so he is. That's powerful. As you think within yourself, that's who you are. There have been studies where they, they raise eagles with turkeys. And you know what the eagle does? Gobble, 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 gobble. I, I, I was careful because the youth always put me on Snapchat or something doing that. So I don't think about it till later. The next thing I know, there I am on Snapchat. Or like Malachi says, chap snap. Um, right? The eagle, even though he has all the ability to soar and to fly, but because he's surrounded by a bunch of turkeys, he thinks he's a turkey, so he does what turkeys do. That's why you've got to elevate your level of thinking. You've got to elevate your circle. I love what Bishop T.D. Jake says. He said, if you're the smartest guy in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And, and, and I'm not talking Tony Robbins, the power of positive thinking, even though he got it from the Bible, because the wisest man who ever lived, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, for as a man thinks within his heart, so is he. What does it tell me? If, if you think you're poor, what are you going to be? If you think you're weak, what are you going to be? So the first thing Jesus begins to do is he begins to reaffirm their identity. He begins to tell them who God called and created them to be. Why is that so important? Look at what Romans 12, 2 says. Now Paul is writing and he's, he's playing off of this proverb. He says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What he's saying is life transformation doesn't happen in the heart. It happens in the head. When you think differently, then your life will change. I was a youth pastor in the hood in Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff. Crazy things happen. Kids getting jumped into the gang in the, the bathroom. And that's the girls' bathroom. Not the boy, the girls' Girl comes out, I'll scratch hair, I'll pull down. I'm like, what happened? Oh, we got a new one. No, this is, this is youth group, not gang, right? <laughs> My boys would go into the bathroom in intermission. Did y'all know they had church intermission? Neither did I. But that's what they would call between Sunday school and worship service. They'd go into the boys' bathroom, turn off the lights, and just start swinging for fun. Like they liked each other. I don't know what they, but that's, that's what happens when you youth pastor in the hood. Had a kid pull out a gun in the church parking lot because he got jumped by a rival gang member from the same, from a different neighborhood. Crazy stuff happened, right? And these kids, most of them first generation migrant, immigrants coming from Mexico, Colombia, South America, or Central America, they would say, born in the hood, I'm going to die in the hood. They could never see them outside, outside living in the hood, right? 
and, and, and actually the guy that pulled out a gun to shoot the other guy because he got jumped, he came around, I jumped in his car, he had the gun, he was driving around looking for the guy because the guy took off running. I'm in the car with him and, and then I don't know how we do, we pull around and pick up Sandra so there's the youth pastors, associate pastors in the car with a guy that has a gun looking to kill somebody. And he was famous for saying, I'm, I'm hood, I'm going to be in the hood, right? Fast forward many years later, now he's a dad. You know what his plans are? I want to buy a ranch. I want to have chickens. I was like, what happened to the hood? No, que hood? Que, que barrio? And, you know. But something happened. His mindset changed. Now he owns his own business, AC, air conditioning, has a nice house, and now he's trying to buy a ranch. Do you see what happens when, when we change the way that we think? Life transformation happens, and that's why Jesus says, if, if, if you're going to walk in the fullness of your position, the fullness of your place, and the fullness of your purpose, you have to be able to see yourself there first. And that's what Paul was saying, right? So let's go back to Genesis 126, where it all started. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. I've always said, what did God do? God impressed upon us. He gave us. If you're not coming on Wednesday night, you've got to come on Wednesday night because Pastor JC, he'll, he'll break it down for you to give you a clear revelation of what this means. But this is what I see, is that the first thing that God ever gave us was ability. What Dr. Miles Monroe says when he says that God made us in image and likeness, he said, you are called and created to function like God. How does God create? With words. So you have, that's why the word says that in your tongue you have the power to what? To create life or create death. Because it's so powerful, right? And, and so God, God, imagine is that when, when you get that revelation of your mindset that the very God, the perfect God that created everything, he impressed himself. He made an impression on you. You are molded. You are die-casted with his image and likeness. And not only that, the sec second thing he said, and let them rule. I love what the, the King James says. It says, and let them subdue the earth. Right? Let them subdue the earth. So God gives us ability, then he gives us authority. See, there's nothing more powerful than someone that is indwelled with the Spirit of God, that is infilled by the Holy Spirit, that knows who they are. That kingdom identity. That person that says, I'm a son and daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That says, I'm a kingdom citizen, and I know my rights, and I know my privileges. Do you know the difference between a right and a privilege? Do you? As a kingdom citizen, you have rights and privileges. Is voting a right or a privilege? It's not a right. People are trying to say it's a right. It's not a right. It's a privilege, which means if you mess up, you could lose that privilege. But you're also imbued with rights, and it doesn't matter how much you mess up, you never lose your rights. And as a kingdom citizen, you have both rights and privileges, and then you are a king and a priest. 
Right, so, so think about that. There's nothing more powerful on the earth than someone that is indwelled and infilled with the very Holy Spirit of God that in their mindset they know that God has given them ability and authority. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich, right? So when you understand that your world is framed and shaped by your words, where do your words come from? They come from your head. And when you get your head right, your words become right and then you begin to declare I am blessed I am rich I am favored I am healthy I am whole let me tell you there's nothing wrong with saying I am rich when you get so pious and religious like oh no I'm humble I don't want to be rich that's the religious system can you imagine a prince of a king saying I just want to be poor like all the peasants Heck no. But do you see how that religious system has caused a poor man's gospel that we think to be pious and devout that we have to be poor? If God wanted you poor, and I'm not, I'm not trying to preach this prosperity that everybody's going to be rich, but I am saying that as a kingdom citizen, you have access to what everybody else has access. And there's people accessing things that you and I aren't accessing, and we've got to figure out why. So say, I am rich. You know, last night I was, I, every night with Malachi, I pray with him. And, and then I, and I look at him and I said, Malachi, mijo, let me tell you who you are. And I begin to go down the list. I say, you are poor. You are courageous. You are good. You are kind. You are meek. You are strong. You are fast. And I began to give him identity. And I said, you are the head and you are not the tail. Every night. I say, let me tell you who you are. I'm your father and I have authority to tell you who you are. Every night I go through that. Mijo, let me tell you who you are. And everything the Bible says that he is, I tell him said you are a king and you are a lord that you are rich that you are highly favored and highly blessed and last night he pulled a fast one on me because as I was going through the list he says I'm famous I was like mijo if that's what the Holy Spirit is telling you you're famous but in my heart was like I hope you're not infamous (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> he cracks. I don't know where he gets this. Though. Last week, he told Pastor Freddie we were riding in the car. We were leaving here to, to, to Eagle Pass. He goes, Pastor Freddie, de la nada, right? My daddy's famous. Like, I don't know where he got that from. Like, where did he get these things? I don't know. But last night, he said, I'm famous. Guess what's going to be added to the list? Mijo, let me tell you who you are. You're going to be famous for preaching and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, I have been given authority, right, in heaven and on earth. Man, I'm way past my deadline. It's okay. I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, right? So the ecclesia is made up of what? ambassadors ambassador what is an ambassador it's an official representative of the government right so 
So Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.20, he gives language to the people that they could understand what Jesus told Peter. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. We are the king's ambassadors. We are here to represent his, his, his word and his will. So the, the ecclesia is made up of ambassadors, right? Those that are called and commissioned to establish the king's will and the word. Remember we said when a king speaks, it becomes what? Law, right? A king speaks, it becomes law. That's why kings have to be very careful with what they speak because it becomes law. How many are glad that our president is not a king? <laughs> Can you imagine the laws we'd have right now, right? <laughs> well, that's for another day. So, right? So, so when a king speaks his law, so the ambassadors are commissioned. The ecclesia was commissioned. You know, Caesar was in Rome. He was thousands and thousands of kilometers away from Israel. But he knew that he could not influence that territory unless he established an ecclesia, an official body that was there to represent his will and to represent his word and to represent his law. And so through a religious spirit and structure, the enemy has neutralized what should be the most powerful, the most influential, the most dominating force this world has ever known, and that is the ecclesia of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth, right? So, so one of the most strategic ideas in order to dominate a person or a people group is to put them in concentration camps. Put them in concert. You isolate them, right? That, that's what you do. Why? Because if they're isolated, they can't influence anybody. They can't, they can't talk to anybody. You, 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 you demoralize their mindset. You demoralize. Uh, imagine that Israel being a slave for 400 years, right? They were, they were, they were even more powerful and more numerous than, 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 than Pharaoh and, and all of the Egyptians. They served a God that did 10 miracles to release them, but yet in in their mind because they were isolated and neutralized they had no idea who they were and they had no idea who they served what did Hitler do with the Jews he put them in concentration they, they were more numerous and more prosperous so he understood if we are going to be able to dominate this group then we've got to isolate them and through a religious spirit and a religious structure what did the enemy do? He put the ecclesia in the concentration camps. And we call those churches today. Why? Because we've allowed the enemy to relegate us to just a religious sphere. And you probably have said this. Oh, we don't talk politics and religion. Right? At work, no, work is work, and, you know, I don't, I'm not going to shove my faith down your throat, and I'm not, you know, I'm going to respect you, do you, and, and this and that. The enemy, through religious spirit and religious structure, has put them in concentration camps. We become homogenous. You know what homogenous means? Look it up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Read a book. That's what I tell him, and you go pass. Right? We, 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 we no longer mix. 
I was talking with, with Matt, our, our campus director, and he's a PK, I'm a PK, and we talked about places that our parents wouldn't go. They wouldn't go to wedding receptions. They wouldn't go to quinceanera receptions because people were drinking and dancing. And it got so crazy that Christians wouldn't even go to their family's weddings, their family's receptions, their family's birthday parties. We go, oh no, because we can't be associated with people who do those worldly things. And there we go every Sunday to our little concentration camp. Not having impacted or influenced anybody. Oh, no, I don't sit at that table because, Pastor, they don't tell very clean jokes. So I don't sit at lunch with those guys because my virgin ears, my holy ears. Oh, man, I'm preaching. And so, being homogenous with only like-minded people, the church has become impotent, powerless. What is impotence? It's lack of power, but it's the lack of ability to reproduce. Didn't Jesus say that we're supposed to be salt and light? Boy, but we're really good at shining our light in the light. What would you think of somebody walking outside in the middle of the day with a flashlight? Right? But every Sunday we come to our concentration camp. As soon as we walk into church, we turn on our flashlight. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Highly favored. God bless you. God bless you. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Because we haven't understood our commission and our calling as ambassadors. We're called to subdue the earth. Now, now don't get me wrong. Some of you are like, Pastor, I knew it. I'm going to the white horse on Saturday. I'm going to go be light in the darkness. Some of y'all were there last night watching the Canelo fight. Uh, he is prophetic. Como sabe? That's not what I'm saying. Pastor, I'm going to go be salt and light at the white horse. No, that's not what I'm saying. Or dark holidays. Right? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, don't be so heavenly minded that you have no earthly influence. We've got to be salt and light. You know, one of the worst things that we can do when we get saved and we begin walking in the light, we become kingdom citizens we leave our family. Oh, we can't go because they have cookouts. And pastor, I don't, we just don't do that anymore. Well, what did brothers in church say if they drove by and they saw me? I You know. You know that we have people in the church, they're not here today. That before? <laughs> they, they're, they're watching Canelo last night. No. Before they even went to a church. They said, Pastor, we want to we have some, some counseling. We're going through some things in our marriage. And I said, okay. I said, but my husband's really scared to talk to you. I said, well, let's do this. Let's go out to eat and have a conversation. So we show up to a restaurant slash bar. And we got there. They're already seated there. 
He's already had three beer bottles on the table. And she's freaking out because we're pastors. And she's texting my wife, I can't believe this, that. And I tell her, tell her, babe, that it's okay. In the Greek, no pasa nada. We sat down. He was nervous as heck. No, he's never done that. And I knew that at any moment, some salt and light from another church could walk in and be like, oh, a pastor, did you see? But those two souls matter more than anything that would ever criticize me. So get this. Fast forward about three years later. We started meeting in a house, Mike and Monica's. It was us two, Mike and Monica, and Basilio and Sabrina. And we're just praying for Access Church. Sandra gets a text from the lady, from this wife. We heard you're starting a church. And at that time, we had no intention of starting a church in Del Rio. We were just doing Eagle Pass. And, and she said, what do I tell her? I said, well, yeah, but in Eagle Pass... She says, I don't care, but as long as you're here, I want to go to that church. This couple that never went to church were the first members of Access Church. What would have happened if I would have walked into the restaurant and saw those three beer bottles and said, you need to take those out because I'm a pastor. What would have happened if I would have come in with a pharisaical mindset and said, I'm not going to sit with you guys. You need to get those beer bottles because I got a reputation. But because we were able to understand our ambassadorship, they became the first members and they were the first ones to show up in that living room. And they're still here today. They're not here today, but they still come. And they serve and they help in the ministry. You're like, I'm not going to tell you. So, should I finish? Yeah. You, got, you guys got time? Okay. I got time because they're already going to start an Eagle Pass without me. So, <laughs> not an access church. <laughs> So we're called to be salt and light. And Jesus says, what, what is good salt unless that which needs seasoning, right? But, but you have to understand in the Middle East, salt is not a seasoning. It's a preservative, right? So as ambassadors, what are we called to do? We're called to preserve, to protect, and promote the culture of the kingdom wherever we go. We're called to be light. What good is light in the light? Light has no function or purpose in the light. Light needs to be in the darkness. So when we look at culture, there are, are seven mountains or, or seven spheres of, of culture, right? And in, in the Bible, a mountain represents a kingdom. When, when Jesus says, if you say to that mountain, be, be thou removed, it, it shall be removed. They understood that he was talking about kingdom. 
He was talking about whatever kingdom that because of who you are, because of whose you are, because of who called you and commissioned you, there every kingdom that you step your foot on, you can move it. So there are seven mountains of culture, the family, religion, business, politics, education, media, and arts. Those are the seven spheres of influence that make up culture. And the enemy has relegated us to the religious sphere. We're in concentration camps. Being salt with the other salt and light with other light. So Genesis 1.28 says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Yes, me, I'll be right there. Is that his time to go? Okay. It says subdue it, right? So our, our, our commission, so let's go back. Jesus gives Adam and Eve authority on the earth. He established it. They lose it through disobedience to sin. Jesus comes to replace it. But when he comes to replace it, it had already been taken. So what he's saying is that you've got to go and take it back. This belongs to you. God already gave me the Father's Day sermon for next year. It's called Fighting for Your Legacy. And about Caleb, when he said, I'm going to take that mountain. That mountain belongs to me and my family. And we'll get there. June of 2023. I said that so if I ask you, what was I going to preach again? You can remind me. So what, what this, this religious structure and spirit has relegated us to the mountain of religion. And we forgot that we are called to be ambassadors, to subdue. Back in the day, you became a, oh, you know, you can't, you can't be a mayor, you can't be a county judge, you can't be a school board, you can't be, let me tell you, that's why we're in the position we're in, because we've been in concentration camps with our heads in the clouds waiting for the return. This earth is not my home. I'm just passing through. Yes, it is your home. God gave it to you to subdue. And it's time we as the ecclesia that we go back and we take back politics. We take back business. We take back education. We take back media. We take back art. How crazy is it that we can't even take our kids to a cartoon? <laughs> that you have to look up a website to see what agenda is hidden within a cartoon that was created for kids. But there's the church. When Pastor J.C. talked about the rapture and stuff, we had people leave our church because they're the ones like this. Singing, oh, this world is not, the old gospel song, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I just laid it out for you. You're called to subdue to take back territories. I heard this, Pastor JC sent me a, a YouTube video of this pastor in, in the UK, and he said this, he goes, God does not create denominations, he created nations to fulfill the earth, to subdue it. And it's time 
that are young people that want to be politicians, that want to be actors and models and singers and artists and, and, and entrepreneurs. It's time. We, we need Christian doctors. We need Christian lawyers. We, we, we need those that are ambassadors. You cannot see your career as just a career. You got to see it as your calling and your ministry. If you're in movies, if you're in arts, if you're in business, you're an ambassador. You're there to establish the will of God. It's time that we break out of our concentration camp. I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, the goal was never to get sinners to invade the church, but it was for the kingdom of heaven to invade the earth. See, through the administrative leadership of man, through ambassadors, we are to establish his rule, his will, and his authority on the earth. That's why when he prayed, what do you say? Our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our vision, our mission, what drives us and motivates us is not to create a concentration camp of access church. It's to be an ecclesia of ambassadors that are influencing Calderon Elementary. Garfield Elementary, Del Rio Middle School, Del Rio High School, the, 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 the city council, the, 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 the county board, the, the county judge. We need people, men and women of God, that understand that we are commissioned and called to subdue the earth. We need police officers and state troopers and border patrol. We are to subdue. It's time that we take our calling as ambassadors. And let's take back our families. There's a young man that's not here. He just left. I'm not going to tell you who he is, but he's about 6'2", and he works in the sound. But I'm not going to tell you who it is. The only Christian in his home got saved by a, a, a teacher, shared with him the gospel, been committed to Christ and now we're honored and blessed that he's here with us but every Sunday his mom and dad would go to the movies and he would never go because he didn't want to be with them he wanted to be with the church and church family and I, one day I had to regañarlo that's the Greek for exhortation I said what picture are you giving your parents of the gospel of the kingdom of what it is to be a Christian. You think they're ever going to go to church? No. Because all they see is that you got saved, you went to church, and now you want nothing to do with them. And I said, I love you. I love hanging out with you. But you got to go to the movies with your mom and dad. And, and that's what a lot of our families think about us because we stop fellowshipping we stop hanging out because we're just too holy and that's another sphere we got to take back back to family it's time that we understand that we are ambassadors see don't look at your job at DLP man I'm prophetic I just called that out of the blue you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador. 
You're an ambassador. You're an ambassador. You're an ambassador to Coke. Not the, but the, just. <laughs> I want to clarify that. <laughs> Coca-Cola, right? Pray for you. One of these days you're going to get a serious pastor. A real good serious Look at yourself. But pastor, I'm a stay-at-home mom. You're an ambassador to your home. But I, I, I don't have a, your ambassador to your kids and to the grandkids, not yet, like 10 years, let's say, like 15, 20, 30 years. You're an ambassador. But I'm retired. You're an ambassador to your grandchildren. When grandpa talks, the grandkids and great grandkids listen, right? Why? Because they know that money's coming to follow it too. <laughs> that Coca-Cola money, right? That candy money. It's got a shift in us, man. This is I'm feeling it. If we understand, no matter where you work, where you live, you're an ambassador. You've been called and commissioned. To establish the kingdom of God wherever you stand. And when we get that in our heads, everything's going to change. You know, I had an epiphany, a revelation this past week. And I shared it with the pastoral staffs. For years, we got it wrong. And I want to apologize because I said it wrong for years. For years, I said prayer changes things. And the problem is that when we have a mindset of prayer changing things, we take something that was meant to be transformational, we make it transactional. I pray and I get. And the Holy Spirit gave me one of those Holy Spirit cachetadas. And he says, prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes you. And when you change, things change. And we do that. We do that with giving. It becomes transactional. Your giving to God, your tithe and your offering should be transformational. But we make it transactional. If I get, then the windows of heaven are blown. Yes, that happens. But that's not why we do it. If I fast, then I'm going to fast for this or that. It's not meant to be transactional. It's meant to be transformational. When you fast, you change. And when you change... Things change. Mindset, understanding. I know I'm breaking religious paradigms that some of you hold on to, like the Virgin Mary. But we've got to change our mindset, our mentality. We're ambassadors. You're a diplomat of the kingdom of heaven. We have a diplomat in the house sitting right there in the green shirt. He works in government. He understands. A diplomat walks in with dignity. Well, I'm just a cleaning lady. No, you're an ambassador who happens to clean. Well, I'm just a cashier at Walmart. No, you're an ambassador 
that God puts a hundred people through your line a day and a simple God bless you God bless you you stay at home mom you're an ambassador no menosprecies lo que Dios te ha dado I'm just this I'm just that that's the caste system the religious system structure robbing you of your identity we're ambassadors that's why the Bible says you've got to walk worthy of that call man this was good let's stand Heavenly Father that's what happens when Pastor JC and I we have conversations throughout the week <laughs> and I almost said Pastor Brian <laughs> things are coming things are happening Get ready. When, when that mindset shifts and we understand who we are, that God came to replace, restore our place, our position, and our purpose, everything changes. Lord, we just love and we thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your favor. Thank you because we are the head and not the tail. That we are above and unbelief beneath that we are blessed that we are highly favored god that we are a chosen generation that we are a royal priesthood god i thank you because we are we are rich we are strong god we are good lord god we are wise god because we are ambassadors official representatives of the kingdom of heaven here on the earth in jesus name we pray amen Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.